Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. On DTNS, could littering the Arctic with glass cool things down? Why a macaque is less resistant to new things than you are? And pig tech. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, October 18th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Drawing the top tech news of the day from Cleveland, Ohio, I'm Len Peralta. I'm the show's Roger Chang. Uh, that is Roger Chang. You can barely hear him, but he's definitely right. here. And Hi, also I'm with sure. us today is Blair Bazderich, co-host of This Week in Science. Welcome back, Blair. Hello. Lovely to be back. Thank you for coming back. I'm glad we didn't scare you away last time. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, we've got some great stuff to talk about. We were just talking about uh, the person that told Len he needed to clean his internet lines uh, <laughs> on our Good Day Internet show. So if you'd like that conversation and more, become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Motorola sent out an invite, event invite for November 13th in downtown Los Angeles, which will feature the, quote, highly anticipated unveiling of a reinvented icon. The invite appears to show the profile of a Motorola Razor uh, version 3, and previous sources told CNET that the company also plans to release a vertically folding smartphone with the Razor name by the end of 2019. French blog Mac Generation noticed icons in the first two betas of Mac OS Catalina version 10.15 dot one that might be a depiction of a 16 inch macbook pro the icons have slightly thinner bezels than those of the 15 inch pro icons and have the number 16 in both file names that's kind of the big giveaway there a lot of speculation about whether or not there's a touch bar. All sorts of good stuff happens with images like this. Nintendo announced that it has sold 15 million Switch units in North America since it launched in 2017. The Wii U sold 13.56 million units in North America total. NPD Group says that the Switch has been the most popular console in the U.S. for the last 10 months. Ooh, wow, that, that's big. Uh, and Yubico launched Yubico Login for Windows, which lets you use its YubiKey hardware security keys as a login factor on your local Windows OS account. The app works on Windows 7, Windows 8.1, and Windows 10. Uh, if you've used Mac OS or Linux, you, you've been able to use that for a while, but now the Windows folks can use it too. All right, let's talk a little bit about a breakup, Sarah. 
Yeah, it's a breakup. Image sharing site Imager wrote in a blog post that it will no longer display content from Reddit's NSFW communities on its site, saying, rather dramatically, quote, over the years, these pages have put Imager's user growth, mission, and business at risk, end quote. NSFW images previously uploaded to Reddit and hosted on Imager will keep their original URLs. NSFW images can also still be uploaded to Imager if they're marked hidden, Not sure how much that's going to help anybody, but you can do that. Imager said that it wants to be a fun and entertaining place that brings happiness to the internet for many, many years to come. Reddit introduced its own native imaging hosting three years ago, so not sure how much it impacts Reddit, but might impact some users. Yeah, I mean, Imager exists because people wanted a place to host images to put on Reddit. So, you know, these two grew up together, uh, but one of them has moved on uh, from these kinds of things and, and Reddit's, you know, uh, I, I guess Imager's saying it's just outgrown Reddit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Imager it, it somewhat vaguely said, listen, this is not good for our business. Uh, you know, just brought, there is probably too many complaints about, um, you know, content that is controversial or upsetting or perhaps offensive. And maybe that ha- has happened within Imager's own team. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really see life changing for Reddit users all that much. Yeah. End of an era, really. Especially because Imager's doing right and saying, look, what's already there, we're not going to make disappear because that's just going to yeah. make a bunch of people angry. Uh, it's just that you can't you can't port it over anymore. And they're not cutting off all of Reddit, uh, just the NSFW place. I think this is them realizing that they're going to get sucked into something that they don't feel they want to defend in the future. And it's a way to just cut the cut cut it off clean right now. Right. Arctic sea ice has receded to historically low levels, and a California nonprofit organization called Ice 911, which is a little too close to Kurt Vonnegut's Ice 9 for my taste, but okay, <laughs> uh, proposes spreading a thin layer of 35 micrometer silicate beads across the ice to boost reflectivity and therefore slow down ice melting. Ice 911 Research's CEO Leslie Field says that thicker Arctic ice layer could lead to cooler temperatures worldwide. The company has actually run tests on ice-covered lakes in the Sierra Nevadas, Minnesota, and Alaska, and the results published in the journal Earth's Future showed increase in reflectivity and ice thickness. So this is peer-reviewed research. It, It really does seem to have an effect. It would cost about $300 $300 million estimated to cover the 9,600 square miles of the Arctic. And before that happens, Field wants to get funding for a test in a part of the Arctic Ocean where ice is lost during the summer. So this isn't the kind of geoengineering company that's all big talk. They've got peer-reviewed research. They want to do small tests to kind of study how it works. They've done testing with mammals to make sure that it's safe uh, for land mammals anyway. They haven't done marine mammal testing, but they want to do that before they ever put this out there. Blair, you were just in the Arctic. Uh, how does this story strike you? Yeah. So I was I was in the subarctic. I was in Churchill in Manitoba. Yeah, very close. But we were talking all about climate change. That's why I was there. Uh, I think the the important piece of this is that just putting ice back is not going to solve a lot of climate change issues. But this is really addressing the fact that sea ice, more than just affecting polar bears and the animals that depend on it physically, is impacting the global climate system. So it's affecting the albedo effect at the poles and how much uh, heat and light is reflected back off of our planet, reducing the amount of warming happening. But it's also uh, changing the 
the temperature of the ocean. That's this feedback effect where there's less ice, which means the ocean's hotter, which then affects climates and climate systems all over the planet. So knowing all of that, I think we know we have to reduce our carbon output. That's the bottom line, of course. But the, we really need to have a two-pronged approach, right? And that is uh, reducing future carbon, but attacking the problems that we're currently seeing. And so I appreciate that this is looking at that second piece because it doesn't get a lot of attention. I do think there's there's an opportunity to get stuck in that and say, okay, science will save us. Actually, the, the program I'm in, the National Network for Ocean and Climate Change Interpretation, looks at specific messaging for climate change and how you can get stuck in what they call the swamp of uh, climate change communication where people kind of push it off as not their problem anymore. And this is one of them, is if you look at technology or science as a way, as a get out of jail free card for climate change, it can cause a lot of problems. But if you look at it this way, the way that this company is saying, this is a bridge in between our long-term solution of less carbon, that's great. I will say, I saw in the article that their test on land mammals said that the silicate was too large to get in their respiratory pathways which raises some red flags for me because if it's too large, that also means it could clog membranes. Mm. Uh, and I worry about bioaccumulation for marine animals in, in their stomachs um, or on their gills. If it's getting stuck on gills, then that could also build up over time. So I would want to see some long-term studies, but I think, I think it's very interesting. It's, it's a new kind of way to tackle this topic. Yeah, that's a really good point. 35 micrometers, not very big, right? Uh, mm -hmm. So this would easily get eaten uh, and certainly mm -hmm. for marine marine mammals get swallowed. Uh, so th those are all good points. But like you said, I, I do like the fact that ICE 911 research is not just going for the like, we'll solve this. They're saying, right. we think we have an idea that might buy us some time and it's worth researching and that's what we're doing. Uh, and that, that seems to be a reasonable approach. Um as crazy as it sounds to be like, we're just going to scatter glass all over the Arctic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, they're smooth. They're not shards. Uh, but yeah, you, it needs to be done, done responsibly. Um, this is the kind of thing you need to look at though. And there may be showstoppers along the way and you say, well, this isn't going to work out, but you need to be looking at all these kinds of things because this is how you build a strategy that makes sure we avoid something serious. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing that, that we talked about before was that the Arctic is kind of this weird no man's land where there's mm -hmm. areas that are contested. There are areas that no one actually has kind of final say on environmental impacts on. And so I appreciate that they're actually testing it in a space that has a government that's in control first so that they can kind of pull back if they need to and assess it as it goes. And they don't just throw their hands up and go, well, not my problem anymore. No, that's a, I mean, the biggest problem here may not even be the science of it or, or the environmental impact of it. It may be just getting someone to agree to let it be done. Because like you say, the Arctic doesn't have just you know, one, one country in charge of it. Uh, it mm -hmm. some places has no countries in charge. Of it. Right. Yeah. T-Mobile announced a partnership with the streaming startup Quibi, providing its upcoming streaming service as part of an offering with the carrier. Whether the service will be discounted or even free for T-Mobile users who are pre-installed on devices or something else has yet to be determined. <laughs> we don't really have a whole lot of information now besides the fact that the two companies are working together. Quibi's streaming service will offer mobile-focused premium content that's 10 minutes or less aimed at millennials and will charge $5 a month for the service with ads or $8 per month without ads when it launches. 
Quibi's just so weird. If you if you haven't been following this, the idea is Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman uh, are creating the company to provide snackable content, like around 10 minutes each episode so that you can easily watch it while you're waiting in line on your mobile yeah. device. Yeah. Uh, and it's from big names. Uh, Steven Spielberg is is doing a horror series uh, for Quibi. Uh, my wife's company, Rotten Tomatoes, she works for them. They're doing a series. Uh, NBC News, everybody is doing a series for Quibi. Got some TMZ in there too. All sorts of stuff. One of my big questions was how are you going to get people to try this? Like it's going to be hard enough to convince them they, that they want to pay for something that has ads in it. But how do you get them to even try it in the first place? This is one of the answers is you partner with a T-Mobile and you get it in front of a bunch of T-Mobile users as a free trial or, or an easy add-on or something like that. Yeah, to be to be clear, it's not an exclusive. You'll be able to watch Quibi content all over the place. But presumably T-Mobile users and customers will get some sort of discount or some, you know, maybe free bundle thrown into to yeah. a particular plan. T-Mobile still has the T-Mobile Tuesday where they give away free stuff. So maybe they'll be giving away free subscriptions to Quibi if you sign up on a Tuesday. That's how I got my MLB network, uh, my, my MLB.tv subscription this year. So they do big things like that. I could see them doing it. Uh, I mean, some of- unless I'm desperate on a plane or something, I'm not really watching long-form content on mobile devices. So mm-hmm. I get why this makes more sense. Yeah, you're waiting in line or you've got a few minutes at the bus stop or whatever it is. That does make sense. Um I still don't watch a lot of short form video content on my phone, but maybe that's because the right show doesn't exist for me yet. But then you look at something like Verizon's Go 90, which was around for a few years and kind of died in the water uh, last year, I believe. And, And I wonder, okay, well, we don't really have any company that has proven this concept very well. Doesn't mean it wouldn't be Quibi, but it's still unclear to me who wants this? I mean, they have all the names, all the advertisers. This is the definitive moment for for a quick bite of video. If they, if they can't make it work, nobody can. I, I will yeah. say that. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Jason Rossi announced that the Strategic Automated Command and Control System, or SACS, has moved to a, quote, highly secure, solid-state digital solution as of June. If you don't know why that's a big deal, previously, the system ran off of 8-inch floppies. Uh, It still runs on an IBM Series 1 from the 1970s, but now they've got some solid-state storage involved in that. Uh, SACS is one of many duplicative systems used by U.S. Strategic Command to send emergency action messages from nuclear command centers to forces in the field. That's why they want to make sure that this system doesn't change fast. Uh, They need it to work reliably and solidly, and throwing new technology at anything, as all of you in the audience know, is a great way to make things mess up. And you don't want to mess this up. Yeah, this isn't really a story about saying like, oh, look at the government. They're just behind the times, aren't they? It's like, well, no, it's actually like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big security issues at play here. So yeah, you can't hack a floppy disk. So that's a pretty. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, well, you can't. uh, As they point out in the story, you can't hack something that doesn't have an IP address very easily. Yeah, Uh, and and even with the solid state drives replacing the floppy disks, uh, that's still the case. So. You know, talk about your secure messaging. Uh, mm-hmm. I do wonder if it's encrypted, though. I didn't see any mention of that. Of course, they might not want to mention that because then people will be like, well, what kind of encryption? And then people try to. Yeah, it. let's get in there. <laughs> uh, that may be on purpose, actually. <laughs> 
How about we talk about some pig technology, everyone? Yes. Okay. Good. Glad you're excited. A paper published in Mammalian Biology found evidence of pigs using tools. A group of scientists from several French French institutions observed seven, 11 instances of Asean warty pigs using sticks and bark to help build their nests at a zoo in Paris. Video shows the pigs holding sticks in their mouths, using the sticks to then dig. Smart pigs. The scientists gave the pigs spatulas and the pigs used them twice. Add pigs to the list of animals who use tools alongside cross-catching prey with sticks, otters cracking open shellfish with stones, um, and elephants covering watering holes with rocks. Yeah, I think this is a, a great opportunity to kind of crack open the, the question of what is a tool and what is tool use. This is a conversation we have on This Week in Science all the time. I had a story about these little bats that like to go into a particular shape of blade of grass that works as a megaphone for their calls. And I would call that tool use 100%, uh, but not everyone would. And so I think this is a very clear case of tool use. They're using the stick, they reposition it in their mouth, and they use it just like a spade to dig this hole. But are there lots of animals out there doing a form of tool use that we just haven't even recognized? I'm going to argue Yes. This stuff is out there. There are inanimate objects that animals can use to make their lives easier. Evolutionary pressure would tell me, yes, they would find a way to do that. And if you're if you're not watching the video or if you haven't seen this video, go look at it because you might be thinking like, oh, so they just kind of nudge a stick. No, they, they pick it up and they shovel with it. They literally are using it to shovel. Like this is a kind of tool use in my mind, definitely mm-hmm. from the look at it. I think the question of, of do animals use tool or, or not isn't sophisticated enough anymore it's what are the classes of tool use right what are sort of like maybe blind accidental tool use versus intentional tool use or 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 some other delineation of them to be like well there's there's tool use the way we use it at a very sophisticated level and then there are other levels as well and and the pigs are using it at a pretty pretty good level i mean they're they're digging with it i mean if there was ever an argument to get some pigs as farm hands i think (laughs) i think this is it they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna dig the, you know, d- dig in your garden for you. Put them to work. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I mean, and some really animals, too. some animals store their tools. Some animals modify their tools. So I think that, you know, to Tom's point, this is where the question stretches further. And with these guys, it was just in zoos. So we really need to go out there and look for pigs using tools in the wild. Now you hear that audience get out there. Look for some pigs. Find us some tool using pigs. <laughs> Send us videos. Feedback I was tempted. And I did, we did call it pig tech. I was tempted to say they're using technology, but that again, that's where the debate comes in. Like yeah. what is technology, which is a more sophisticated tool use versus what the pigs are doing here. And I, when the pigs start trying to sell their tools to Ace Hardware. That's when you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think their their uh, resistance to use the spatulas is a perfect example of that. The the stud the people studying it, the researchers were like, "Oh, here's a better tool," mm-hmm. and they didn't. Most of them didn't really recognize that as an option. So I think that's where technology comes in: is will you take the better option for a tool if you find it? Yeah, they're right? just not early adopters. Yeah, yeah. There you go. In fact, that leads us to our main topic today. Uh, <laughs> first, though, if you want to get all the headlines each day in about five minutes, subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. 
the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com/wondersuite. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. dot com. So are you, I don't want to say, are you a little like a pig, uh, but did that ring a bell to you? The idea of like, you know what? I've got a tool. It works fine. Why do I need a new one? Uh, if you've recently scoffed at a new piece of software or a new device and proudly stuck to your old laptop or phone, uh, have you looked at new software innovations with disdain and stuck to how you've always done things? Well, you, my friend, are probably not a capuchin or macaque uh, because monkeys are better at adopting new ways of doing things, Blair? Is that right to say? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So this is a study that uh, looked at how monkeys can adapt to a new method of doing things uh, that, or a shortcut would be a way to say it. They, they took um, monkeys in a trial and error using a computer, a touchscreen. Monkeys and humans had to follow a pattern. They had to push a striped square, then a dotted square, and then a triangle. And they would get a banana pellet. Yay, treat. Um, for humans, they did the same thing, and the reward was a jingle or points. So just like, yeah, you're smart. You did it right. Well, there's your problem like right there. You should have been giving the humans the banana pellet, too. We were probably jealous. I mean, for me, that would have been a deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, the, the humans were signaled with that, and then the monkeys got their pellets. Wrong results got a timeout and no reward, so they knew right away if they got it wrong. Um, and after that strategy was learned, they did subsequent trials where the triangle showed up at the end. Or right away, actually. So the triangle is the first thing they saw. And the monkeys used that shortcut right away. But 61% of the humans did not. They went the old way. They did the stripes and then the dots and then the triangle. They were following Um, the rules that they'd learned. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, So 70% of the monkeys used the shortcut the very first time. And only one human in the whole study used it the first time. (laughs) Even after the humans watched videos of other people using the shortcut, most or 30% still of the humans did not use the shortcut. So this is a clear case of humans wanting to stick. Say it like, I like the way I do things. To the method. Yeah. Right. I so already they, know that I get the treat at the end. So I'm just going to do that again rather than, you know, rethink this, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's quite an analogy for how a lot of people use technology. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you could look at it a bunch of different ways. You could look at it as you don't want to risk. It's not a risk that you want to take to lose out on something, which is how I feel sometimes when I'm adapting new, adopting uh, new technology is, do I want to give up my old phone that I know how it works for a new phone that I might not know how it works or it might not do the thing that I like best, right? But um, it could also say just the way that we learn is different. But what I actually think it it shows us, at least in this case, because it was with uh, a Western humans, and that's how I learned in school, is you're supposed to do something a very specific way. And mm-hmm. if you don't do it that way, you did it wrong. And, and that's how we teach kids from a very early age, is do it this specific way. Now, what's so, interesting about that is uh, the study's co-author, Sarah Pope, tested this with members of a semi-nomadic tribe in Namibia to mm-hmm. try to eliminate the effect of Western education, and still more than half resisted the new shortcut. So I, what, what that makes me wonder is not, not whether you're wrong about the, the conditioning, but whether the conditioning yeah. is actually part of of how like humans being a work, human right yeah. is like mm-hmm. it's not that we're conditioned to follow the rules it's we're conditioned to raise our young to follow the rules if that makes any sense mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so it's yeah how much of it is rule following how much of it is a re- resistance to to new things how much of it is related to risk i think there's a lot of layers here but i do think it's very cool that the monkeys picked up right away oh this is gonna get me the pellet sooner i'm on it yeah it's funny when you talk about something like uh, Blair, like a new phone that you may or may not like as much as your old phone. It's like, OK, well, you kind of make that personal choice for yourself. And, you know, the, the world still spins. But this this study does open up questions about uh, much larger issues and the way that humans try to tackle issues and the fact that we haven't always done a good job of that. For example, there was a there was a, an example used about the latest housing crisis and the fact that even though there were signs that lenders should work differently with with people who you know mm-hmm. thought that they had enough money to buy houses that wasn't the case because everyone was just kind of following protocol so it's 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 really fascinating that um not just that we uh, a monkey might have less uh, cognitive bias but but how humans kind of do this to themselves ourselves it could actually be related to a similar cognitive bias that humans have, which is the sunk cost fallacy, which mm-hmm. I think about all the time. So I stood in this line at the grocery store. It's moving slower, but I've been here so long. It's got to be my turn next. I've, <laughs> I've put in so much time into this that I shouldn't give up on it. And there are other species that that do a better job of giving up on a foraging behavior that's not working to go try somewhere else. But humans get really stuck in this, okay, I've been doing this. I'm going to stick with this because I've put so much effort into it. And it does feel adjacent to kind of this line of thinking. Yeah, I, 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 I'm tempted to make a joke about how the rhesus macaque would obviously just upgrade to Catalina right away, but their 64-bit apps uh, or their 32-bit apps won't work. Look, look at them. But there may be advantages to upgrading to Catalina that the rhesus macaque is getting that I'm not because I'm worried about those few apps, right? Like that's kind of yeah. how this works out. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, so. I, I do wonder if, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean this to sound too speciesist, but, uh, if our success as a species is kind of owed to that conservatism of, of being, being a little more careful about adopting a new thing too fast. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, uh, evolutionary stories can be told by 
specifically this idea of risk-taking. And there's just the right amount. And if you take too much risk, you get eaten by a predator. Mm -hmm. And if you take just the right amount of risk, you can get a big payoff on a new home or uh, mm -hmm. a huge food cache. And yeah. so there, there is a, a kind of a Goldilocks zone for that, for all species. And that's why we're still here. So this, this might have something to do with that, that we have so much complex stuff going on with our social structures and, you know, having this worldwide culture and all the sorts of stuff going on as a species, things are extra complicated for us. Yeah. And so because of that, perhaps following the rules and doing things step by step are advantageous for us. Safety mechanism, really. Yeah. Capuchin monkeys didn't have a housing crisis, but they also no. don't have houses. Yeah. Well, not yet anyway. Unless we build them for them. <laughs> yeah. You know, the pigs would be great at that. Yeah. Give them yeah. the tools. They, <laughs> they, you know, they know the, the triangle right away. Start using spatulas. Hey, thanks everybody who participates <laughs> in our subreddit. <laughs> you can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Science stories always welcome. We also have a fun Facebook group. Join it if you haven't already. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's see if any monkeys wrote us in the mailbag. Yeah, well, we actually got uh, quite a few responses and, and positive responses from your latest editor's desk, Tom, which was, uh, a, well, it was an audio editor's desk. It wasn't video, about 10 minutes long. Um, really great listen uh, for our patrons. And I wanted to read a couple of the responses that Charlie Dude wrote in. I really liked your differential privacy talk, which was something that we ran on Monday's show because we didn't actually have a regular show because it was it was a U.S. holiday. Charlie says, it was very different than your usual shows, but that's good. I was hoping to play it for my little intro to Security Kids, a.k.a. my students. David also wrote in and said, I love editor's desks. They're awesome. If you can plan an editor's desk for a holiday, that's cool, but I'm fine with just daily tech headlines as i want you to have some time off to recharge i don't want you getting too burned out thanks for the amazing shows to all of you oh thanks boss i'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear that's your vacation policy uh, seriously uh but yeah we uh, on monday we we did like a, like uh, charlie dude said uh we did a show that just explains differential privacy so if you missed that uh and you're like wait a minute what is this differential privacy well go listen to that uh and then on the editor's desk which goes to the people at the five dollar level or above on patreon i sort of talked about why i did it how i did it what our what our policy is on taking holidays and why we take them and all of that you can find that in the patreon feed as well in fact a shout out to our patrons at the grandmaster level dustin r campbell andrew bradley chris allen and paul you can join them at patreon.com slash dtns and uh some levels even get some free art from len peralta one of these days what he's drawing today may be on there what are you drawing today len well you know i wanted to um i think it's great that monkeys demonstrate a better cognitive flexibility flexibility than humans however <laughs> i'm gonna go on the pro-human side here and say hey they may have that, but all they got were those stupid banana pellets. And that's uh, sort of where I'm falling on here. Um, you know, so this is like a T-shirt that all those wonderful humans can wear that is kind of anti-monkey. And, uh, you know, hey, we may we may still be uh, uh, we may we may not be smarter or you have better cognitive flexibility than us. But you only got banana pellets. And we got a fun yeah. sound. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We got someone saying, good job. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank we decided you. never to change our ways again. You know, it's better yeah. than a banana pellet. A pat Freeze. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris Hardwick yelling points. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so uh, I wanted to say that this is available right now for my patrons at patreon.com forward slash Len or at my online store at lenperaltostore.com. And speaking of which, I know that, that you guys talked about this early in the week. I would just want to remind people that uh, I do have, whoops, there we go. Let's pull back on here and show you this. I do have the uh, DTNS uh, poster, the Rise of Skywalker poster, which is uh, which is available right now. There are naming rights on this thing, uh, which uh, you can get your name on the credits of this. You have until uh, November 15th to do that. So head on over to lemproptstore.com. It's right on the front page along with the Pro Monkey poster. Yeah, Len, Len's been doing this every year uh, where, where he makes a, p- a poster with all of us on it. This year, it's, like you said, the Rise of Skywalker. So you have Roger in the role of the Emperor looming above uh, Sarah holding her live-with-it light bulbs and myself a microphone uh, battling on top of an iPhone. It's yeah, amazing. New iPhone. It's pretty great. Uh, I'm really proud of it. And uh, and yes, it will become a print uh, after the uh, the 15th. But you got to get your name on this. That's the most important thing. So LenPeraltaStore.com. Excellent work, as always, Len. And also thanks to Blair Bazdrich for being with us, which I believe has not been since July. We missed yeah. you, Blair, and it's been great. Let folks know where they can keep up with your work. Sure. Uh, go to twist.org. That's T-W-I-S.org for This Week in Science information. Um, we have our live shows there, as well as information on how you can get a Blair's Animal Corner 2020 calendar. We're accepting pre-orders right now, and it's filled with art uh, that I created this year, all with amazing animals that were featured in our science news this year. So that's all there. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Blair's Menagerie. Um, and uh, yeah, I tweet out animal news stories and pictures of animals that I work with. And you should follow Shouty Blair, which I know is a totally different person. Yes, that is a completely different person. That's if I had absolutely no filter and I (laughs) shouted my raw emotions at all times. So um, I should not be held accountable for her actions, but she is available for you to follow. Uh, Yes, folks, get a a twist calendar because then you can be like me because I'm going to hang mine right behind me here. So you should join Mm. in that. Uh, We have some new Patreon rewards. If you are always interested in in the show before we do the show, if you want a little sneak peek about what might be in the show, you can follow along – with our uh, rundown, uh, we're, we're going to start giving November 1st people access to look at the rundown as we put it together every day. Uh, so that is among the new rewards you can get at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Send that feedback to us. We love to hear it. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2030 UTC. And you can find out more and tell a friend. Dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. See you all Monday. part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.